This morning we're continuing in Luke chapter 10, looking at this very familiar and yet so important parable. Uh, as we read from Luke chapter 10 today, we'll be focusing on the last part of the parable, Luke uh, chapter 10, verse 33 through 37. This morning, looking at the parable of the Good Samaritan. I heard uh, uh, some radio talk show hosts talking the other day about their favorite recipes for a grilled cheese sandwich. I'm guessing maybe there's some different ways to make a grilled cheese sandwich. I I don't know. I mean, basically, you put a cheese between two pieces of bread and you toast it. But, uh, 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 you know, uh, they were talking about different things that they did to make that taste better. But it kind of sounded to me like talking about recipes for boiling water. I mean, there didn't seem to be a whole lot different between any of them. It was, again, just cheese between two pieces of bread. It was something that most people already know how to do. Jesus' parable of the Good Samaritan was directed toward a man who thought he already knew what to do. And the reality was, he did. Jesus' teaching helps all of us know something that really we already know. We are to love one another. The reality, though, for this uh, fellow that Jesus was talking to this day is really the truth for all of us. We don't love other people the way we really should. Now, last week, actually the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at the background and then the first part of this uh, parable. So just a little review to catch everybody up. An expert in the religious law came to Jesus trying to trap him with what he thought was a trick question, a question that was often asked in his day, a question that this religious leader thought that he already knew the answer to. And the question we saw a couple of weeks ago was, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Important question. Jesus answered the question with exactly what this man would have been expected to have believed. Uh, he, he said, well, well, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. And, and, and this guy understood that. You know, when, when Jesus asked him, well, well, what's written in the law? He was an expert in the law. And, and so he answers exactly that way. Verse 7, we saw this a couple of weeks ago. He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And, and Jesus' response was basically, good answer. Now go do that. But we've seen how this uh, expert in the law realized there was a problem He knew what he was supposed to do, but he also knew something else. He hadn't really done it. But if he could somehow redefine the law a little bit, if he could narrow the people who were his neighbor to the people that he already was treating well anyway, well, then he would be okay. And so he comes back to Jesus with this question, who is my neighbor? And Jesus then answers him with what we call the parable of the Good Samaritan. We looked at the first part of this parable last week. You know, a man was traveling on a road to Jericho. He gets attacked by robbers. He's left there on the road, left for dead. And then we saw two characters in the miracle last week who happen upon uh, this man there laying in the road and unfortunately pass on by. The priest and the Levite. 
who would have been very familiar with this very law. And in fact, they would have been the heroes of this man who was asking Jesus this question. They would have been his mentors. They would have been the people that he tried to emulate, the people he tried to be like them. And their actions in the parable, though they are appalling to us, they probably weren't to this expert in the law. And in fact, they're pretty much what he would expect them to do. In all likelihood, they would have had religious excuses for why they didn't stop to help this man, why they passed on by on the other side of the road. The man might have been dead and that would have made them unclean so they wouldn't have been able to fulfill their duties. They may have had very important jobs that they were heading to Jerusalem to do at the temple and they stopped and aided this man. They wouldn't have been able to do those uh, jobs. It may have been a trap, as often happened on this particular road, where someone would play like they were, were injured and then as someone stopped to aid them, some other robbers would jump out from behind the rocks and, and attack them. So they had all kinds of reasons, both religious and even practical to to not stop and render aid to this man. So likely the expert in the law is not all that surprised by what the priest and the Levite do in the story. It's likely what he would have done as well. But he knew better. He knew the right thing to do would be to stop and take care of the man. So do we. Deep down, we know the truth. We don't really love others the way we should. We all heard this growing up. I guarantee your parents said it to you sometime along the way. You get into an argument with your sibling and, you know, pretty soon it doesn't really matter who's right and who's wrong. You just want to win the argument. And so the argument gets a little more heated. It it goes from just words into yelling and then it goes from yelling maybe into shoving a little bit. And finally you hear the voice of one of your parents saying, you know better than that. And the truth was... You didn't know better than that. Those arguments never proved anything, and they always ended the same way. It ended up with both of you having to go to your rooms. You knew better than to do that. Jesus could have told the expert in the law that day, you know better than that. He did know better than to think that he could shrink his definition of who his neighbors were to those people that he was already helping anyway. He knew better than that. He knew that wasn't what the Scripture actually said. And so do we. Deep down we know that we don't really love others the way we should. We have those people in our life that are hard to love. Uh, We know we should care about them, but we convince ourselves that it's okay not to worry about them. We have those folks in our lives that that get what they deserve. Uh, But deep down we know if we got what we deserved, it wouldn't be pretty. We have those folks that we don't even know. Those 
people that are on the other side of the world. We don't even know who they are. We don't know their names. We don't know anything about them. Or maybe they're just from the other side of the tracks and we don't ever cross paths with them in, in the journeys that we make in the community. And, and because we don't know them, they're, they're out of our thoughts. They're, we don't really think about them all that much. And, and in our minds, we think, well, you know, I don't know these people. They're not my responsibility. And yet, deep down... We know the truth. We don't love other people the way we should. Jesus gave the expert in the law an example of somebody who did love others as he should. And then he gives the expert in the law a very simple instruction. You have to understand, this expert in the law was not simple in his instruction. If you go back and read uh, some of the text from this particular period of time of, of some of the religious teachings of the day, they go on and on and on and on and on. They, they almost make it impossible to follow the law. Uh, just as a sample, take a look at all the different regulations of what you weren't supposed to do on the Sabbath day. There were scrolls and scrolls and scrolls of things that you weren't supposed to do in order to keep the law of keeping the Sabbath. Uh, this, this expert in the law was, was called an expert for a reason because it, it's in people's thoughts. They thought, well, this is really hard to understand the law of the Scripture. You've got to be an expert to be able to understand that. And so this was a guy that was the expert. And he was anything but simple. But Jesus makes it really simple. He looks at the man and he says... Go and do likewise. Well, let's back up a minute and see what Jesus actually told him. It's in Luke chapter 10. Again, we're going to pick up the parable in the middle in verse 33. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him, and went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said. And when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, Go and do likewise. In the parable, the priest and the Levite did exactly what most people would have expected them to do. Again, this would not have been a surprise to this expert in the law. He would have expected that. In fact, again, if he was in this story, that's probably what he would have done. The surprise in the story is the Samaritan. The Samaritan does what no one would have expected to happen. He was the last person in the world that this expert in the law would have thought would stop and help this man. And yet, that's exactly what he does. He stops and he helps the man injured on the road. And he takes steps, first of all, that would have been reasonable. 
things that, that if you were rendering aid, these are the things that you would be expected to do. Kind of the, the list of things from the Red Cross manual, had they had a Red Cross manual of first aid. These are the things that you would expect for someone to do. If someone's been beaten up, they've got their bruised and bloodied. These are the things that you would anticipate that they would do to treat their injuries. Then he puts the man on his donkey and begins to transport him to the nearest town. Now, think about that for a minute. He's, he's bandaged this man up. He's, he's treated him. He's rendered first aid. That's what's expected. Well, now he takes a, a step that's a little beyond the expected. A little, little anticipated that you wouldn't just leave the guy laying there. You know, most people would say, okay, he's, he's going to transport him. Yeah, that makes sense. But he does something that, that's a little bit different. Remember, uh, when we looked at this road uh, from Jerusalem to Jericho, it was a very difficult road. It was a very difficult journey, very twisted and, and, and very rocky, as well as very steep. So this is not an easy journey. This man takes this injured man, puts him on his donkey, which means that the Samaritan has to walk the rest of the way. That's a little out of the ordinary. Okay, he's bandaged him up, he's taken care of him, but now he's given this injured man his place on the donkey. Now he's having to go out of his way, he's having to expend his own energy to take care of this man. But it doesn't stop there. He arrives at the next town, and he goes to an inn. Now, realize uh, it's not quite like it is today. You, know, you come into most towns, there are all kinds of hotels and motels and inns and, you know, uh, uh, Airbnbs and just everything. There's all kinds of places where people can stay today when, when they come into a town. That wasn't the case in the New Testament day. There were not very many inns. Uh, inns or, or places like that were reserved for the very wealthy. They were only for people who really had the money. Most people would just sleep, you know, on the side of the road, or, or, or maybe they might find someone's backyard that would let them stay there. Or, uh, you know, that was more normal what folks would would do. Uh, but to to, ha- to take them to an inn would be very expensive, and there's no indication that this Samaritan is is wealthy or well off or you know rolling in the cash or or anything like that. In fact, you would assume that he's just a normal average guy. And yet he takes this man to an inn, and he gives the innkeeper two denarii. Now, you know, we think, well, you know, two coins, what, what, that's, well, in the New Testament day, two denarii would be equal to what you would normally make in two months. I, I mean, this guy's sacrificing a lot for this man that he doesn't even know. And then he takes one step beyond that. I mean, he's already gone way beyond what would be expected of anybody to do. He has, has done what you would expect, just, you know, he's bandaged his wounds. But then he's, he's taken him on his own donkey where he had to walk, taken him all the way into town. He's gone to a, a, an inn. He, he's paid a, a pretty exorbitant fee uh, to make sure this man has a place where he can recuperate. And then he says, I've got to go. I've got some business I've got to attend to. But when I return, if this money I've given you doesn't cover 
what you need to take care of this man. I will cover whatever the expense may be. You just let me know. He literally gives this innkeeper, who he probably doesn't know him either, he gives him a blank check. He says, you take care of this guy, whatever he needs you give him, and when I get back, I'll pay you. He shows not only compassion to this man, he goes above and beyond what would be expected. And again, remember, this is a Samaritan. This is one of those people from the other side of the tracks in the New Testament world. This is one of those people that this expert in the law would have looked down his nose at Samaritans. In fact, he would have held his nose around Samaritans. Literally, literally, in the New Testament day, if, if an individual, an expert in the law like this guy was coming down the road, he saw a Samaritan, he would cross over to the other side of the road so he wouldn't even have to walk by the Samaritan. They weren't even in a pandemic. He's, he, he didn't want his cooties. He, he didn't want anywhere near this guy. And this is the man in the story who not only does what the expert in the law deep down knew was the right thing to do, he goes way beyond what would be expected? And now Jesus poses the question to this expert in the law. He was an expert. You know, he, he was an expert in answering questions. That's what he would do. He would go around teaching and people would ask him questions about the law and he always knew the answer. And so Jesus asks him a question. But it's not the one the expert was expecting. Remember, he began by asking Jesus a question, who is my neighbor? But instead of asking the Samaritan, who, who's your neighbor in this story? He asks the expert in the law to use all of his expertise to figure out who acted like a neighbor in this story. There's a crucial difference. The expert wanted Jesus to narrow down his list of neighbors so that he would not feel bad about those people that he wasn't really helping, that he knew he was really supposed to be helping. But, but if they weren't his neighbor, that was okay. So if Jesus would just narrow that list down a little bit, then it'd be all right. Jesus turns that around. Jesus says, instead of counting your neighbors, you should just be one. And we should too. We should do what Jesus tells this expert in the law to do. We should go and do likewise. Uh, most of you have probably played the game Mad Lib. If you haven't, you probably have played a version of it and just didn't realize that's what you were doing. Uh, it, it's a pretty simple game. You're, you're given a list of different types of, of words, and you come up with a name and an adverb and an adjective and a, and a noun and, you know, the, an animal, that, that kind of thing, and you list those out. And, and then the person you're playing with will take those words that you came up with and they will plug them into a story. And obviously it winds up sounding ridiculous because the, the words that you picked out don't even begin to match what the story says. And you come up with a story about something like Jimmy Soggy Pickles jumped over the cow or something like that. 
Well, this morning, I'll invite you to, to do something like that with this parable of the Good Samaritan. And think about in your mind, who is it for you that is this man who was hurt, this man laying by the side of the road, this man who's been beaten and left for dead? Who is that for you? Who's the priest? Who's the Levite? And who's the Samaritan for you? Or maybe more importantly, in this story, who do you want to be? Jesus told the expert in the law after explaining to him about all the ways this Samaritan has stopped and helped this man, he said, go and do likewise. So, what is our likewise? First of all, we have to ask ourselves, Who's our injured man by the side of the road? Now, the reality is we all have those folks in our life. They may not be laying half dead by the side of the road, but we all have these folks. Maybe it's your neighbor that's been ill for a few weeks and hadn't been able to mow their yard. Maybe it's the man down the street who's really, really lonely because you know his family has moved, they're living in another state, and he hasn't been able to see them in a long time. Maybe it's the guy at school who everybody picks on at lunch. Maybe it's the lady at work with more work than she can manage and more going on at home than she can ever get out from under. The truth is, we will have no problem finding our guy beside the side of the road. The guy laying there. The guy that's been hurt and beaten up by life. You know, we all have those folks in our life. They're always hungry and hurting people in our world. Sometimes we just don't see them. Sometimes we're just not looking. Sometimes we see them and we just don't want to admit, yeah, that's my neighbor. Like the expert in the law, we we try to narrowly define who our neighbor is so that when we come up on those folks, we can say, well, he's not my responsibility. But in those times, think back, okay, who do I want to be? Do I want to be the priest? Who just... Scoots on by? Do I want to be the Levite who sees the example of the priest and just scoots on by? Do I want to be the expert in law who's trying to limit those folks in my world who are defined as my neighbor so I don't feel bad about the ones that I'm not really doing anything for? Or do I want to be the Samaritan? And yet it's hard. It takes time. It takes energy. Might take our donkey. Might cost us sometimes an extravagant amount. But we all need to ask ourselves, how 
can I go and do likewise? Heavenly Father, this is one of those parables that is is well known for a reason. Because it teaches a truth that deep down we already know. We know we're supposed to help people. We know we're supposed to love each other. We know that other people are our neighbor. And yet, Heavenly Father, in the midst of all of our busyness, in the midst of all of the the things that are crushing upon us in this world, we're just like this expert in the law, trying to redefine what we already know to be true so that we don't feel bad about what we know we really ought to be doing. But, Lord, we're missing the point. You didn't give this parable so that we would feel bad. That's not the reason for this. This isn't designed to just make us feel guilty. You gave us this parable to open our eyes. Because we all have those hurt people all around us. Maybe they're physically hurt. Maybe they're emotionally hurt. Maybe they've just been beaten down by the world around them. But we all have them in our life. Those people laying on the side of the road. And Lord, we make decisions every day of who we're going to be. Are we going to be the priest? Are we going to be the Levite? Are we going to be the one who stops? God, help us to love one another. We can only do that in your power. We can only do that in your strength. We cannot accomplish this on our own. So help us, Heavenly Father, to go and do likewise. For it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. In just a moment, we're going to have a time of invitation, an opportunity for you to respond to what God's doing in your life this morning. Uh, maybe when you're thinking about that story... You didn't think, well, I'm the priest or the Levite or the good Samaritan or the, the expert in the law. That's You're thinking, whoa, I'm the guy laying by the side of the road. Life has beaten me down. And I need help. Maybe you came here this morning and that was the reason you came today. Maybe you're watching online. That's the reason you fired up your computer or your tablet and you turned on the worship server. You're just thinking... I need help. Well, we have good news for you this morning. There is a Savior who loves you. When no one else in the world will stop, when it seems like everybody else is just walking on by, there is a Savior who not only stops, He gave His life on the cross for you. I mean, this guy in the story gave a lot to help this man, but it's nothing compared to what Jesus has done for you. And he did that because he loves you. And then three days later, he rose again. He's alive right now. And the incredible thing is, he's standing right there beside you. He's holding out his hand. And all you have to do is reach out to him in faith. And say, Lord, I I can't heal this mess in my life. So, Jesus, I'm trusting you to do what only you can do.
And the Bible tells us that when we do that, when we reach out in faith to the Lord, when we admit our need to Jesus, He will forgive us for all the junk that we've done, for all the baggage that we're carrying along. He says, that's done. That's nailed to the cross. That's finished. He will cleanse us. He makes us brand new. He does exactly what we need. And Jesus will do that for you this morning. If simply by faith you'll trust Him. And you may be thinking, well, wow, that's exactly what I want to do. How do I do that? We want to help you to understand what that's all about. And normally we would invite you to come here to the front and we'd sit down and talk with you and and share with you from the Scripture. And we wish we could do that now. We can't because of all the uh, regulations and and whatnot. But, But that's not stopping us from talking to you. Because we still want to do that. So what you can do, there's a card right there in the pew rack before you. Just take that out, fill in your contact information, and then there's a box that says, I I want to receive Jesus. Check that box. And then when you leave this morning, there's a basket back at the, the back where we've been placing our offerings as we leave. You just drop that card there in the basket. And we'll contact you and share with you from God's Word, from the Scripture, how you can receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today. Maybe there's some other way that God's speaking to your heart this morning. Maybe you're looking for a church home, a place where you can join with other believers and worship the Lord. We would love to have you do that here at National Heights and share with you how you can be a part of what God's doing here at our church. Uh, Again, just give us your contact information. Uh, We'll be glad to get that to you. Or if you're watching us online, just email us here at the church, nhbc at nationalheights.org. And we'll be glad to contact you about your decision for Christ or about becoming a member of our church. Maybe this morning God's laying something else on your heart today. Uh, Maybe you've been like I've been sometimes. You get so busy and so wrapped up in your own world that you're just you're going down the road and and you just you just don't see the people that are hurting. You just don't see them because you're just so focused on, on, on what you've got going in your life and what you've got going on your journey. And you want to say, Lord, I, take those blinders off. I, I need to see the people around me that are hurting. And I don't want to just walk on by. I, I want to do the right thing, Lord. And so help me to see those people that, that need me to stop and need me to love them the way that you love me. Maybe you already know somebody in your life. You, you know somebody that... They need somebody to just stop. So just talk to them. Maybe someone to help them understand the Bible a little bit better. Maybe someone just to to listen to them. And you say, Lord, you've laid this person on my heart. Help me to do like this Samaritan did. to, To truly render the kind of aid that will help them. Maybe your prayer would be simply... God, help me to go and do likewise. Whatever it might be, I invite you to listen to God's voice in your life this morning as we sing together.